I doing? <laughs> Sorry. Recording a podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I did welcome. forget. <laughs> Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And week. we discuss an episode of Stargate, beginning with Stargate SG-1. Okay. Yay. That, that was weird. I don't know why it was... <laughs> you were coming through on the speaker for my computer instead of my actual headphones. Oh, that was and weird. I couldn't and hear you, you at all. Oh, well, before... Yeah, I don't know. Before, I accidentally unplugged my microphone when I was moving stuff, and then when I plugged it back in, it didn't want to reconnect uh, of to course. Cast. Yeah. And then this time, when you came into the room, you were coming through the speakers instead of my headphones for no apparent reason, and then it switched <laughs> you over for also no apparent reason. Okay. So here we are. Yay, We're off cool. to a good start. Yay. Yay, cast. Should I play more? They might be giants. <laughs> yes, you should. But probably not, should. oh, do not forsake me, although maybe. <laughs> you know I must spend all my darkest hours talking like this. <laughs> That's apt. For I am 1,000 years old. Quality music. <laughs> I love them. I'm so Me looking too. forward to when concerts are a thing again. I know. They just bumped the last few 2021 holdouts to 2022 for their sh- their tour. That oh. you know, I, yeah. I'm not surprised. They were in like August, and I think that's still too soon. So yeah, 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 but, likely so. Yeah. But also, I couldn't remember if I had tickets for any of those shows. So it's good they moved <laughs> them because now I have more time to figure out <laughs> which shows I have if you're supposed to be going. For. There. Yeah. yeah. One of these days. One of these days we'll use those tickets we have. <laughs> we will, unless they rescheduled it for the same week of Joko Cruise, which I oh. haven't checked the dates of. But... Yeah, not that anybody listening. Well, maybe maybe people listening do care. Uh, <laughs> Joko Cruise, which is awesome. Uh, I think they actually might be sold out already. Well, by the time this comes out, they likely will. But right. um, Joko Cruise is great. Not that we're featured guests, but... It's awesome, and we'll be on it. And it yes. is uh, Feb- uh, not February, March fifth through March twelfth of twenty twenty two. And I can't remember when did they reschedule that one till May? I- again, I had so many tickets, I can't remember. I thought the, the original TMBG one show. Yeah, the the original show we were supposed to go see was supposed to be last May, but yep, I don't know when it was rescheduled <laughs> to. Good question. Yeah, I, I. I'm sure I could find out, but I'm not sure how important that is right yeah. now. Probably not. <laughs> but maybe it is. Probably podcast stuff is slightly more important at this very moment, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I have a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. An unfocused brain. Oh, ADD? Yeah, but I don't think but I actually maybe... have ADD. I'm oh, just... I do. <laughs> I mean, I've never been diagnosed with ADD, so. I have. <laughs> oh. It's in March, but it's not until the 27th, so... Because okay. I know we had, that was the Northampton one. <laughs> this is where we just get on and talk to each other about yeah. whatever, for how, who cares how long, on recording, because we would need that. And yeah. yeah. You know, why talk to each other for free when we can pay for it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what we're currently doing. <laughs> why chat about nothing for free? Family yeah. of Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wish I got to set names for myself. Mine's always just boring. Uh, yeah. First initial, last name, because that's my username in in cast here. I don't get to set fun nicknames like you do. 
I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to make you feel sad and left and left out or You did. I've been rewatching uh I've been rewatching Arrested Development while I grade stuff because I don't really have to pay attention since I've yeah. seen it so many times, but it's nice to have like just something on. Yeah. It's a good one to like just kind of pick up bits of and be mm-hmm. like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Because that's how I laugh when I watch TV. <laughs> R.I.P. Jessica Walter, who is amazing. Yes, she is. Was. Yeah. Anyway, how are you today? I'm doing okay. I uh, left work two hours early for no reason, really. Fabulous. Just was like, it's time to go home now. That sounds I'm like a good it. enough reason to me. Uh, yeah. Uh, how are you? I'm good. It's been a busy day, and I'm kind of tired. But oh, I'm sorry. But I'm good. Yay! I am Yay. happy to hear that. I tried to take a nap, and it didn't work. So, damn it! Here we are. Rawr. Indeed. I thought about taking a nap, but I'm trying to force myself to go to bed earlier. So, mm. napping is not the way to do that. Yeah right now true because i got up at 5 20 this morning Ew. which is only 20 minutes off of my goal time of morning wake up Ugh. oh you actually ugh, gross. i did it on purpose and i'm trying to do it on purpose gross i like I'm, my non my non full-time job schedule where i get to sleep until seven it's glorious yeah if i didn't have a chunk of time where i had to be somewhere all day then it wouldn't matter. But since I am not productive after I get home from work in the evenings anymore, I need to yeah. get up earlier and do the exercise and do the so some tiny amount of chores in the morning before work. Fair. Or I won't do anything. I was trying to do that for all of like two weeks and then I gave up. Not on exercise in general, but I generally do it in the afternoon, like mid-afternoon. And I was like, I should probably do it first thing in the morning. So yeah, for like two weeks I did it. And then I was like, this sucks. I'm going back to doing it in the afternoon. It really does suck. It's so yeah. much better. I I have so much more energy when I'm exercising in the afternoon or evenings than in the mornings. Yeah. But... I have found also, in addition to that, I am right now not a productive person after work, mm-hmm. so I don't have any energy at all. I also have more energy, and I'm a happier person if I do exercise in the morning. Yay! Well, those and are it, good things. It's good things, but it, yes. it's really upsetting. That is annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely annoying. I like to take a break from whatever work I'm doing, grading or class prep or whatever, or before my evening class or something, and do my exercise kind of... Midday to break up the day, like mid mid afternoon to break up the day. It's nice. Yeah, that's that is good. That's my preferred time when I have a flexible schedule, which thankfully I do right now. Yay! Yay! All of this is very relevant to today's episode. Yes, yes. There was lots of exercise. Well, there was a lot of exercise actually in this one. <laughs> they, They're walking all over the place again. A lot of walking on Samaria. <laughs> Samaria is a planet where nothing is close by anything else Mm -hmm. so they just walk a lot yeah so speaking of that what is today's episode today's episode is sorry i keep moving my head and then i'm like yeah it's great for editing (laughs) okay great for editing purposes when i'm constantly adjusting your volume i actually don't usually have to adjust your volume but (laughs) (laughs) maybe today will be that day maybe it will be that day every once in a while i do have to make adjustments to it but not usually to anything (laughs) 
today we are talking about the Stargate SG-1 Season 2 Episode 6, Thor's Chariot. Indeed we are. We are. We start the episode off in the meeting room. SG-1 and Hammond are all standing around the big glass map that they have, and Sam is explaining that P5C629 is directly along the route that the Goa'uld used to get to Earth from their launching planet, so it would be a good place to set up a platform for their Seeker project, whatever that is. She says that the ship would have left some kind of a footprint, even at warp speed, but before she can finish her sentence, the incoming traveler alarm starts to go off, and everyone's freaking out because it's not authorized, and there's no code coming through to let them know that it's an SG team coming back early. A bunch of guards armed and ready run into the gate room and take their positions. They keep the iris closed, and we hear a loud clunk, and then the gate closes. Whoops. So I looked up P5C629 and oh. the Seeker Project just out of curiosity, and it is a thing that there are entries for on other, you know Stargate fan sites, mm-hmm. but the only information about it is what Sam says in this episode, so I don't think it becomes a thing. Oh, weird. I expected it would come back later. So. <laughs> <I know. laughs> cool. Not that I could tell anyway. Good to Unless know. It's literally the same information again in a future episode. That's I don't weird. know. <laughs> All right. In case anyone was curious. I actually was curious and just assumed that it would come back later, but all right. A little bit later in the meeting room, Sam's explaining to everybody that there were no biological traces of anything on the iris, so I guess no person splatted on it, but there were faint traces of iridium, which they decide is significant because there was iridium in the gift box that they left on Samaria. And there, of course, is no other place in the universe that that iridium could have come from sure than not. Samaria. It, it's it, Earth copyrighted it, <laughs> patented it. It's, it has an Earth patent, so no one is yep. having iridium anywhere else. Very true, because every other planet in the entire universe for sure would be respecting an Earth copyright. Of an element. <laughs> there definitely haven't been traces of iridium in meteors that have hit Earth. Nope. No. 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 I definitely didn't read that. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally, one would assume that it must be the Sumerians trying to get in touch with us. Sam says that she wanted them to put iridium in that box when it was being made so that it would leave a recognizable signature in case they decide to throw it at us randomly. <laughs> Which I guess technically they did, but like, I thought that that was weird logic. A little bit. Want to leave a recognizable signature <laughs> with it, but anyway, Jack asks, "Well, weren't the locals supposed to give that to Thor, whoever or whatever that is?" And reiterates what they've said before that they think that Thor is probably a member of the Asgard, or, or this extremely advanced culture, probably as advanced or more advanced than the Gua'uld. And Jack's like, "Yeah, well." We don't know for sure. So Daniel just randomly assumes that, well, the Asgard must have been trying to get back in touch with us then. (laughs) There's a lot of leaps in logic here. There are. And Jack's like, well, maybe they're actually pissed at us for destroying their hammer thingy that they had left on Samaria. And Daniel's like, well, we did have to save Teal'c, and surely they didn't expect a good Jaffa to get stuck in that (laughs) trap. So they're totally going to understand if we explain it to them. Okay, Daniel. (laughs) Yep, logic totally tracks. So Hammond says that they're going to send a probe through to Samaria and take a look around, and if things check out and look safe, then SG-1 can go and see what's going on. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sorry. He he's, he's I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. He's very like Pollyanna-ish in this. Like humans yeah. will be so understanding and <laughs> yeah, very strange. So I'm glad he's optimistic. Yeah, that's that's nice. I guess that's good, <laughs> but maybe a little bit overly. So. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit later, we are in the gate room and kind of going between the gate room and the meeting room. There's a malp getting ready to go through the gate, and when it does go through, it sends back horrible images of lots of dead people around the gate, both locals and Jaffa. The obelisk that had been standing there before that had transported Jack and Teal'c to Thor's hammer has been toppled, and Garwin is there holding a person who is either dead or dying and looking into the MALP camera and crying and begging for help because the Ettons have come. And then we go to credits. We do. Yeah. It was a pretty big downer scene, but I did notice and think it's worth mentioning on a happier note that Teal'c's eye makeup was really on point in that scene in particular. Nice. Yeah. I did not notice eye oh, it, looked, it was very nice, yeah. Nice. They did, they did an extra good job with it, I thought. I'm not we being sarcastic. Tell. I thought it looked very nice. Yeah. No, no. I... <laughs> I did not think you were being sarcastic. In case anyone listening doesn't know me. <laughs> yeah. Which they don't, because most people that listen to this probably don't know me, since apparently we're being listened to all over the place now, which is cool. Yeah, that's exciting. It is. Hi, Canada. Mm-hmm. Hi, Australia. Hi, Ireland. Hi, Belgium. Hi, several other countries that I don't remember off the top of my head. We're glad you're here. Welcome. Mm. Or... Glad you not welcome if you've been listening all along, you know. Welcome back. Thanks for yeah. Thanks yeah. for thanks for joining us. Yeah. After credits, Daniel's following Hammond up the spiral stairs towards the conference room, explaining things that I'm sure Hammond already knows. <laughs> yes. That the Ettons are the Gould and they attacked because Samaria is no longer protected thanks to the completely unimaginative solution to the Tealka stuck in a cave problem. <laughs> yep. Shout out to the dearly departed Darth Unas. Yeah. <laughs> as clumsy as he is stupid. Till confirms that scouts would have been sent ahead and if they did come back rather than disappearing altogether. Forever. <laughs> yeah. It's good. They're good to go try to attack that world. So by taking out Thor's hammer, they really did screw over the Sumerians. Yes, they sure did. Sam says the locals are not a match. And Jack says, well, we screwed up the world and we should take some responsibility for fixing it. And Hammond says he understands but wants to play devil's advocate. (laughs) Not our world, not our concern. Like, seriously? (laughs) There are so many times where they've gotten involved with things that probably they shouldn't have. And this, where it actually is SG-1's fault that these people died, this is where he decides, let's just not get involved. (laughs) Yes, but we all know it's weak sauce anyway, because (laughs) Jack gets what Jack wants from him. Yeah. Well, I liked the little exchange of, yeah. uh, you know, Teal pointed out that destroying the hammer was to save his life. And Jack's like, and I gave the order. Yeah. And Daniel's like, and I fired. <laughs> Sam's like, I was, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> so Hammond is convinced by their compelling arguments that they did this so they should fix it. Yep. 
and says, okay, but keep your heads up on this one. On Samaria, SG-1 comes through the gate. They have a look around. There doesn't seem to be anybody around, good guys or bad guys. Good, Sorry, good people or bad people. Aliens, folks, however you'd like to call them. Beings, critters, Beings. creatures. Yeah. Critters isn't really right. Critters. <laughs> <laughs> they take a look at some of the bodies on the ground and they look at the obelisk, which again is toppled over. Suddenly, uh, Jack suddenly spots multiple pyramids off in the valley ahead. They actually look like they're under construction. Yeah. So they're not they're not complete pyramids. One of them is almost complete, and then there's two kind of half pyramids. Suddenly, Garwin comes from somewhere and is very happy to see that SG-1's come back, and she says that Kendra predicted that they'd return. And she tells them all about how they thought that Ragnarok was happening because there was fire in the heavens, and at first there was no sound, but then there was an evil thunder, and a great metal point came through the clouds. Tilk says that that must have been a Gwawuld Hatak, or a pyramid ship. And Garwin says that Kendra knew that it must be the Ettons even before all of the killing started. And apparently Kendra gave the box to Garwin and told Garwin to send it to Earth, to the SGC, because they would know what it meant. Which clearly they didn't really know what it meant because they thought that it was from the Asgard. She says that they sent it at great cost. So I'm thinking that probably all of those people that were dead around the gate actually died for the purpose of trying to get that box through. Yeah. my takeaway from that. Her, like, whole family, it sounds like. Yeah. Or or it's her husband's family. Yeah, because unfortunately when they ask who all these people are, she tells them that it was her husband and all of his brothers. So that sucks. Yes. A lot. Suddenly, they're under fire from some Jaffa who just came out of nowhere, and they take cover and fight back. Jack handily takes out several with a grenade, but there's a bunch more, so they all run. And we see a little closer-up view of the Jaffa. They have birds on their foreheads instead of the, the snake in an oval like Teal has. And so the Jaffa follow SG-1 as they run. Eventually, Jack and Tilk become separated from the others, and they're continuing to fire at the Jaffa, the Jaffa fire back, and they're able to go run and hide from a, uh, behind a tree, and the Jaffa just run past that kind of old trope. They run around a corner, then hide behind a tree, and the Jaffa run right by them. <laughs> we go back to Garwin, Sam, and Daniel, and they are all fine. There aren't any obvious Jaffa chasing them, but then all of a sudden we hear footsteps coming. But then it turns out to just be Jack and Tilk, and they decide that they should go consult with Kendra. So Garwin leads the way. And they walk through the woods. <laughs> they do. There's a lot of walking. <laughs> a lot of walking in the woods. Running, walking. Running, walking. Mm-hmm. A little bit of both of those things. Mm-hmm. I was going to say a little bit of everything, but that, no, it's There's just no swimming the or flying or cycling or anything no, like that. No, no one's, yeah. Really just the running and walking. Yeah. <laughs> So they go to this place that, at first glance, I kind of thought it was like an abandoned camp. Yeah. But it turns out it's a graveyard. And Kendra and her family are all dead. Yep. So that's depressing. Yes. Garwin leads them closer to a particular grave and says that Kendra used her knowledge only to heal and this was her reward. That over half of their people at this point have been killed by the gold. Mm -hmm. Sam picks up a little vessel containing some items that belong to Kendra and Garwin shares that these are items left outside the grave that Kendra can take with her to see Thor in the afterlife 
and that no one here has any use for them. Sam takes out what is sparkle bling. Yeah. <laughs> and Daniel is like, what are you up to? <laughs> like, gee, Daniel, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe don't play with that thing. She puts it on. And she kind of looks at it and thinks about it for a moment. And then the bling lights up what? to everyone's surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and Garowin's like, you possess the power. Yeah. Daniel says, that makes sense. Since Kendra was able to use the gold technology and Sam was a host to a gold. Right. But Sam says, I can't control it. And Garowin says that it took Kendra years of practice. So there's hope for Sam. Yeah. Okay. Jack comes over. Daniel tells him Sam can use the gold technology and Jack wants a demonstration. Garwin encourages Sam because Sam is not sure she can do this. She holds out her hand towards the ground and concentrates real hard. And she manages to blow up some dirt on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That dirt had it coming. Into all their faces. Yeah. Because they also all had it coming. Also true. They're pretty excited. Maybe Sam can use this stuff to fight the gold. Or even Daniel says use the healing device. Uh, She then takes out the healing device and tries to use it. And Daniel here so helpfully says she should concentrate like she did with the other device. (laughs) I'm sure she couldn't have figured that out on her own. (laughs) Thanks, Daniel. I think it was meant to be encouraging, but it just really sounded condescending to me. It did. It came across as very (laughs) mansplaining. Yes. (laughs) So Sam squints and says she's not getting anything. Garwin gives her a little bit more encouragement, but Jack's like, we got to get out of here. We don't have time for this right now. So they take the stuff with them and start doing more walking. Yeah. And they walk and walk and walk until they find a cave. Garwin leads SG-1 into that cave. And there's a bunch of people there, Sumerians, locals. Who will stand up and pull their weapons. And Garwin tries to explain that, you know, you should lower your weapons because these are our friends and they're here to help us. But the guy who happens to be closest calls them the dogs of Midgard (laughs) and says that Thor abandoned them to the Ettons because of SG-1 coming and destroying Thor's hammer. And that this whole thing is their fault. Garwin tries to argue that, well, they can save us, though. They've got all kinds of cool technology. But the guy continues to try to argue until all of SG-1 chime in and say that, well, it is actually true. They can help. They've fought and beaten the Gwauld before, and they pledge that they all will do so here on Samaria. There is much whispering and murmuring among the people in the cave. And... (laughs) Conversation. Jack asks if the guy can help them to figure out what exactly they're up against. And the guy, who apparently is swayed as easily as Hammond is, is like, yeah, I'll show you. (laughs) (laughs) He apparently knows a way around the patrols, so he says he's going to take Jack to go take a closer look. We get a scene of the woods, and there's a lot of walking, and then there's some walking, and then there's some sneaking, and some more sneaking. So much walking. So I guess there's walking and running and sneaking. Yes, yes. <laughs> I did forget the sneaking. Yeah, so did I. Still in the cave. In the cave, Garowin says if Olaf, I think, is the name of the sneaky guy. Oh, okay. I never caught his name. Hi, I'm Olaf and I like warm hugs. He's not sneaky, but he's now sneaking with SG-1. Yeah. But she says if Olaf is right, you're our last hope. You're my only hope. 
Sam is playing with the, the Goldie bling while they're talking. Daniel says he doubts Thor is angry. He might just be very far away, which is why he left the hammer there to protect them in the first place. <laughs> Garwin says she wishes they could access the Hall of Thor's might to get in touch with Thor, maybe. And Daniel's like, uh, what's this now? <laughs> and Garwin's like, the hall where Thor placed all his powers <laughs> to help us. Daniel's like, there could be weapons. Where is it? And I think that was about it for that, that scene. Yeah. <laughs> that is that for that scene. Weapons, yes! Woo! Outside the pyramids, there's sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. And now we also get to add watching, watching, watching to... Yeah, the list of activities. The higher up Jaffa, they're they're looking at uh, they look at the Jaffa through uh, some binoculars, and we see that apparently the higher up ones have bird head helmets in addition to the birds on the foreheads of the uh, the lower on the uh, lower tiered Jaffa. Tilk recognizes them as Horus and says that they're the guard of the family of Ra, and these particular ones are most likely guarding. Heru-Ur, which would have been the son of Ra and Hathor, and he is very powerful. So powerful, in fact, that he is feared even among the Gua'uld because he conquers absolutely everyone he comes up against, including other Gua'uld. There are sounds of a struggle nearby, and we see that the Jaffa have found Olaf and have picked him up, and they tell him to kneel before his god, but he says that his god is Thor, who taught them to stand as equals. He will not kneel, so they knock him down onto his knees. One of the guys lowers his mask, and this guy has resting Gua'uld voice, so we know that this must be <laughs> Heru'er. And he says that, Your god cannot help me now, only I can. Cookies. <laughs> Cookies. <laughs> so this guy with resting Gua'uld voice wants to know where the strangers are that came through the portal before. Tilk and Jack are, are still hiding and point weapons at him. And the Gua'uld shouts at Olaf to answer. And Olaf says that he was taught not to fear death. Winter's a good time to stay in and cuddle, but put me in summer and I'll be a happy snowman. So Haru-Ur says that he is going to teach him pain instead. But before he gets the chance to use his sparkle blingy on Olaf, Tilk and Jack fire and take out all this stuff. They get the Sumerian, they get Olaf, but they don't take down the Gua'uld before retreating for some reason that I could not understand. Uh, you mean Heroar? Yeah. I Well, I think he had his personal shield up still. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, I didn't notice that he put up a personal shield, so I guess he has the oh, same kind yeah. of thing that Apophis had. All right, yes. I missed that part. That yeah. makes more sense then. Yeah. Some other guards run up behind he sends them to go and guard the Chapa Eye, so there is no escape for SG-1 or the Sumerians. Uh-oh. Oops. Jack, Tilk, and Olaf return to the cave. And I just keep thinking of Olaf from Frozen. I know. <laughs> Yellow and snow? No go. <laughs> so Jack, Tilk, and Olaf return to the cave. And Tilk lets them know they ran into Harrower. And Daniel's like, really? Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he He's also fascinated. Yes, repeats information that Tilk already told us about yes. his 
lineage. I seriously feel like they're just trying to run down the clock sometimes with some of this extra scripting where they're just restating stuff we already know. There's Yeah, there's restating. And even in the last scene, we have like this extended moment where Harrower is staring at them as they depart and his eyes flash, which is fine, yeah. but it like it goes on. I thought I had, <laughs> I thought that, that was kind of funny, but I'll tell you why when we okay. get there. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe that's a spoiler, maybe not, I don't know. Oh, no, no, because I meant just in the last scene. So if he does it again, great. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I thought you meant like the last scene. Oh, no, no, I meant, the yeah, the previous episode. scene we just gotcha. were talking about. Sam asks if they found anything, and Jack delivers the good news that they do have the artillery to blow up the pyramids. Yeah. And Tilk says the bad news is the Stargate is now guarded, and the gold is aware of the existence of SG-1. Daniel says maybe we can hole up here in this cave till things calm down, and Tilk says (laughs) things will not calm down. They will, in fact, calm up. (laughs) Jack translates unnecessarily yeah. that Tilk means things are going to escalate. I also made a note of that. I'm like, I think we could have figured that one out without that yeah. explanation. But thanks, Jack. Tilk says that motherships with death colliders are on the way. Sam suggests maybe they can blow up the camp slash pyramids with C4. They've blown up ships before with that. But Jack says the problem is that they use all of their C4 now. What are they going to do when the ships arrive? Daniel offers the third option, which is to try to find the Hall of Thor that Garwin mentioned. Jack is skeptical about this mythology, but Sam reminds him that Thor's hammer was, in fact, real. So there is the chance that this is also real. Daniel thinks it might be a hidden weapon, and Garwin is willing to take them there. What's the fourth option? Is there a fourth option? No. Oh. <laughs> Finding the second gate episode. <laughs> I got gotcha. When he asks for a fourth option and there isn't one. <laughs> At least they say that there isn't one. But then there is. Yeah. <laughs> so Jack thinks that this third option sounds like their best bet. So he sends Sam and Daniel to work on that while Jack and Teal are going to work on attacking the gold or stopping them from attacking the Sumerians some more. And they break. <laughs> Good huddle, guys. Yep. Out in the woods, there's more walking, and Garwin brings Sam and Daniel to an obelisk. It's very similar to the one that used to stand at the gate, but it looks a bit shorter. Yeah. And it's kind of more crumbling and a bit overgrown. Garwin's like, here it is. Daniel's like, this is it? She's like, yeah, what else are you expecting? And he's like, well, a hall? Sam and Daniel are pretty skeptical. But Daniel says that maybe it can send them somewhere like the other one sent Jack and Teal'c to Thor's hammer. So he goes to touch it, but Garwin warns him that it's forbidden to touch the big red stone in the middle. But he goes ahead and does it anyway. There's a buzz and a flash of light, and they are, in fact, transported to a big dark room. Yay! Yay! Well, at least it's more like a hall than the obelisk was. <laughs> yes. But they say that there's no lights or obvious exit, so this could be problematic. They talk about how they've got a bad feeling about this. We do see suddenly that there is actually another obelisk here. The red stone in it starts to glow, and there's some backlighting behind it that gets a bit brighter. And we see a hologram of Thor again, like we did in the last episode on this planet. He appears and says that they're brave to come before him. Garwin bows before him and tries to talk to him, not realizing that this is a pre-recorded message. 
and just a hologram and not a real person. She begs for help. And Thor says that only the worthy can witness Thor's might. And Garen looks very hurt that he doesn't think that she is worthy. The hologram disappears and she looks absolutely devastated. But Sam tries to explain to her that that wasn't the real Thor or even a real being. And it wasn't any present conversation. It was an old recording. So they're trying to figure out what he meant by what he just said. And Daniel says he's not really sure. But maybe they have to prove that they're worthy before they can access his might. Thanks for that. (laughs) Obvious explanation. (laughs) Good job. So they still think that there might be some kind of a weapon that they can access here. And Garwin asks how they might possibly be able to prove their worth. Daniel says that since the room's empty, maybe it's got something to do with the obelisk, since that is the only other thing in the room besides them. So they decide to go up to it. But as they're heading towards it, the ground starts to shake very violently. There's sounds of rocks breaking. There's lots of dust. And all of a sudden, the entire floor between them and the obelisk falls away. Oh, I'm a crumbly canyon wall. Leaving just a really long, thin, narrow stone bridge between them and the obelisk. Sam's like, well, I guess we go across this. And Daniel points out that maybe he should mention he's afraid of heights. Sucks to be Daniel. It does. Did you notice at the beginning of the scene when they first land or are in that room Mm -hmm. and they go to turn their flashlights on for some reason, Daniel turns his on right in his own face? (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) There's no reason for you to do that, Daniel. (laughs) It's really funny. (laughs) I'll have to go back and look look at that. That's ridiculous. (laughs) This episode is very silly sometimes. That's great. So next we have a very brief scene of Jack, Teal'c, and Olaf in the forest. Jack and Teal'c are setting down explosives. That's it. Yep. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Back where the action is. (laughs) I mean, I guess that is action. It's just not interesting Technically, it's just like two seconds of action. (laughs) Yeah. Back where the main event is, the escape room, if you will. (laughs) Back in the escape room. I was taking a drink and almost snorted it out my nose. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sam's going first. I liked that she said that it was no big deal because she crossed a beam that was way worse than that in basic training. And I was like, wow, I didn't know they have bottomless pits in basic training. So that's uh, apparently cool to know. But she also noted she had a net. So even with the bottomless pit, she'd be okay. Yeah. So not worse than in basic no. training if it wasn't over a bottomless pit and she had a net. I would say that that doesn't classify as that worse. That is true. <laughs> but we to have some confidence there as you start true. this balance beam process. Yes. She starts across and she makes it pretty easily. There's a tense moment where she has a little stumble, but she nails it. She, she gets right over there. Gerwin is up next, and she looks terrified. Yeah, but she's more brave than Daniel, because Daniel's not <laughs> yep. volunteering to go next. <laughs> it's true. She goes out a little bit onto this beam, but then the room really tremors, so she gets down and grabs on for dear life. And Sam tries to encourage her, but Gerwin thinks Thor wants her dead. Sam starts to... Seems She starts to move to go help her, but Daniel says, no, it makes more sense for me to go because you're already on the other side. Yep. So good for Daniel for 
finally yeah. going. Yeah. Putting on his big person yeah. pants. Yes. <laughs> Daniel comes up behind Garwin and asks for her to give him her hand and they'll finish this crossing together. Yeah. But then the earth shakes again very violently and Garwin falls off and Daniel goes down too. But then suddenly the ground is returned and everybody's fine. They're just on the floor in the yeah. escape room. A bit stunned. Yeah. Sam's like, what was that I like about? how her uh, her look of horror turned into confusion. It was, yeah. Because they didn't really show what was happening with them. We just kind of see them fall off and then go to Sam. Yeah. <laughs> so Good face acting, Sam. Yes. Hello, Thor reappears. <laughs> Hello, Thor. <laughs> yeah. Tells them they have shown selflessness and bravery. And he salutes them. Mm-hmm. And then it's time to demonstrate their wisdom. So he introduces the next part of this game show, the riddle of the runes. Dun, for a chance dun, dun. to see, <laughs> yes, for a chance to see his true might. <gasps> Daniel at, wonders how he could know what just happened. And Sam says there must be some kind of advanced sensors in the room showing what's happening. Then they're beamed elsewhere into a room full of symbols and stuff on the wall and a fire pit in the middle. Did you watch The, the floor, floor is Lava during the really bad I love The Floor time. is Lava. <laughs> it's such a good show. <laughs> I, you know, I, they probably didn't I have, it. like, more episodes already ready. I don't know when they're going to release more, but I really want to watch more episodes of yeah. Floor is Lava. It's such a great show. Did it's you know so they filmed good. that in an old Ikea? I did read that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. pretty cool. <sighs> good times. What else are you going to do with times. Well, actually, it was bad buildings. times because, you know, it yes. was early shutdown times. But <laughs> watching the show itself, that was good times. I love Flora's Lava. <laughs> yep. Your game show just reminded me of that. I couldn't <laughs> decide. When I was thinking about the game show reference, I was Fantastic. trying to decide if we should go with... Uh, I was thinking about Flora's Lava, but I was also thinking about Double Dare because the first part <gasps> they get a physical challenge yes. and then they get like the trivia part. After that. that show. Yeah. <laughs> Loved that show so much. Me too. Yeah. Back out in the woods, Tilk and Jack are setting more explosives still. Olaf comes back and says that the Ettons are on their way and implies that they should be getting ready to fight. But Tilk and Jack kind of grab him by the arm and start running. And the guy is like, but, but fight. <laughs> <laughs> so they hide. And Olaf is kind of incensed, and he's like, but you said you'd help us fight. And Jack's like, yeah, yeah. The Jaffa come up. They set off their explosives, and a bunch of them are taken out. And Jack and Tilk manage to get the rest of them with their weapons. And Olaf is, like, completely stunned at this point, impressed by their thunder and fire, and says that they do possess Thor's might after all. And then suddenly he screams and throws his axe towards Jack and Tilk. But he did actually have a reason for it. There was apparently one more Jaffa behind them coming up. And he took out that last Jaffa very handily with his thrown axe. Off in the distance, a horn sounds. And Tilk says that it means that there's another patrol on the way. So they need to get out of there as soon as possible. So Olaf says to follow him. Woo! Time for more woods walking. Yeah! Or hopefully running if they're trying to get away from the Jaffa. Hopefully it's woods running. Back in the runes room, Daniel is inspecting the carvings on the wall. Samuel... Samuel. Samuel. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sam says we don't have time for this, but what else are they going to do? They're in a room right. with no way out. So. I was wondering about that as well. Like, what does she think they should be doing instead? <laughs> Other than know. trying to get out of this room and hopefully access whatever weapons that might it, be there. And it seems like the only way to get out would be to try to solve this puzzle. So, right. yeah. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Just, okay. I also thought that was weird. Yeah. So Daniel says, the faster I can solve this puzzle, the faster we can get out and maybe get Thor's might. Point me in the direction of whoever's ass I have to kick. Woo. Garwin asks if they're being tested. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I didn't understand why she was asking that either. I don't know. <laughs> Just more filling the time dialogue. Right. More like, ah, this episode's only going to be like, you know, 43 minutes long. We need another minute. Could it add in some more random dialogue that isn't needed and makes no sense? <laughs> Daniel says this is a safeguard because whoever ha- finds it must be smart enough to understand and it's like mm-hmm. they're children that are grown up enough before they're given the keys to the armory and then he says it might not be bad <laughs> if we'd done that on earth yeah. i'm not sure if she's he's referring to someone or somewhere specific or just was, in general the fact yeah. that humans have weapons and we probably shouldn't i was also wondering about that was he referring specifically to like some part of their program or was he talking more like long-term grand scheme like you know atom bomb and and automatic weapons and nuclear weapons and stuff it's unclear yeah sam says this makes no sense it's a waste of time they're under attack daniel says that thor thinks this planet is safe because they installed a very good fail-safe device yes to protect them so there would be no hurry on this (laughs) Sam says, there is a hurry. Can you solve this, Daniel? Which, again, I don't know that they know there's any other way out of the room besides solving it. Right. Daniel scrutinizes the runes on the wall. And he sort of says one of them is like protective power. And another one's a wagon and chariot. And the middle two are other things. I don't know, fate and a horse or movement. Because, of course, despite being an Egyptologist, he can read... Norse runes. <laughs> of course he can. So he's he's he started to try to puzzle it out. But then we cut away to the woods. Out in the woods, the horn continues to blow and Tilk, Jack, and Olaf are running. Tilk says that the Jaffa are trying to signal their position and, and are likely trying to surround the three of them and close in as soon as they are able to. Back in the Cave of Wonders... They're looking at some simple geometric shapes on the wall. And Daniel has no idea what these might mean because they're not runes. They're just like a circle and a square and a triangle and really basic shapes. Garwin has found some faded paintings on a wall and asks Daniel if that could be something to do with the answer. And he says that now those are just pictographs. But runes, shapes, and pictographs, I have no idea what to do. Thor's hologram, Hollow Thor comes back and tells him that there is no shame. Perhaps in more time you will come of age. And Daniel's like, well, wait a second. I'm not done here. (laughs) Thor freezes. Daniel continues to think and works out that, well, runes started off as being symbols for for concepts, but then they kind of changed their meaning into words and then eventually changed their meaning into numbers. And 
So if he translates these particular runes into numbers, because again, of course he knows how to do that. The first one would be three, the second one would be 14, the third one is 15, the last one is nine, but that makes no sense. And Sam's like, well, yes, it does. That's pie. <laughs> Woo, pie. And Daniel's like, pie? Pie! Not not the tasty kind of pie. P-I. Pie. Sadly, I like pie. I like pie. So I, have, I have nothing against the number pie either, so. Yeah, it's fine, but but the actual <laughs> pie that you can eat is even better. Agreed. In my opinion, well, I suppose maybe some it depends on the pie. Other people would disagree, but also it depends <laughs> like on the pie. pie. Most pie, I know you're weird. You don't like apple pie. Weird. No, I don't. Or pumpkin pie. Yeah, I don't understand you there's, at all. There's texture flavor issues there. Delicious ones. Ugh. Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Daniel asks Thor, "Is it pie?" But then he realizes that that's actually an earth term, so that wouldn't necessarily make any sense. That pie, the, the actual word, would be the answer here. So he goes up to those simple shapes, and specifically up to the one that is shaped like a circle, and realizes that the inside isn't solid brick, like the, the rest of the wall, but it's kind of soft like sand. And he uses his finger to draw a radius line in the circle. Um, I was a little bit curious as to why they chose radius versus diameter. Too. Yeah, I was too, but... That's what they chose because, yep. you know, the inside dissolves away and there's an ornate sphere looking thing sitting inside it. And then behind them, the image of Thor dissolves away also. And we see your stereotypical alien standing Ooh. there. Holy cow. My goodness. Big head, big eyes, skinny body, small mouth, tiny nose. And he says that he is the one that they know as Thor. Needless to say, Sam, Daniel, and Gerwin are all very stunned at this Very, point. very stunned. Yes. <laughs> like, standing there, mouths agape, stunned. Yes. Meanwhile, Jack and Teal'c are back in the cave with the other Sumerians, the the one where they were living, hiding. Yeah, the shelter cave. Yes. Shelter cave, hiding cave. He, I can't think of a fun name for it. Yeah, no. They're trying to usher people further back into the cave to hide them better because the gold are coming. Tilk says they've been found out and Jack gives another, come on, Daniel. Come on, Daniel. Come on. Back in the Cave of Wonder (laughs) escape room slash the most interesting place on this planet. Slash double dare stage. Yes. (laughs) Sam comments that the alien looks like the Roswell Greys back home. Daniel's like, oh, I guess there's some truth to those stories. Mm. So Sam's like, the Asgard visited Earth? (laughs) I don't know why they would be surprised by that because of all of the Norse mythology where they're talking about Thor and Asgards and stuff. Like, it would stand to reason that these people that call themselves the Asgard probably came to Earth at some point. Yeah. Established that lore, but and yeah, they're surprised. Also have by been that, there since apparently. then, yeah. So Daniel's like, "Why not? Why wouldn't they?" Yeah. Thor introduces himself as the su- supreme commander of the Asgard fleet, and Garwin is like, "How can this be?" <laughs> Thor basically congratulates them, telling yeah. them they're the first to reach this level of contact since he set up Samaria. And they've grown wise enough to be able to see him. And Garwin admits that she could not have come this far without the help of 
SG 50%. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, Sam's still like, this is a hologram. He can't hear you. Thor contradicts that. He says this is a living transmission and he's transmitting from, and he is on his ship, Beliskner or something like that. And I looked up Beliskner. There we go. And it looks like it's based on the name of it. It it was spelled and I think pronounced differently. And Mm -hmm. I didn't look up the pronunciation. So I'm not even going to try, but like the Hall of Thor. So like his home where he lived. So aptly named ship. Nice. Yeah. Daniel's like, oh, you're the real Thor? Wonderful. <laughs> we need your help. The ghouls are here. And Thor says that is impossible. Samaria is a safe world. And Daniel's like, well, not anymore. <laughs> Whoops. Our bad. Sam kind of gives him a little aside, like, Daniel, be careful here. But Daniel insists the, the, they should build trust and do that with honesty. Yeah. So he tells Thor that they came to make an alliance against the gold. The first time they were here. But Teal got trapped in the hammer. And he was a Jaffa. And Thor's like the Jaffa serve the gold. And, you know, not this one. Teal is special. So they destroyed the hammer to free their friend. And Thor says, you've opened Samaria up for attack by the... And he pronounces it Gaul. <laughs> I noticed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you pronounced it that way the first time, but I for sure noticed I didn't it think so, time. yeah. So, yeah, now we have yet another way that you could pronounce that word. <laughs> yes. So, Sam asks, so can you help a pal out? We could use some <laughs> weapons. Thor, Thor says he set up this test to tell when the Sumerians were advanced enough to meet them, and they didn't is- anticipate interference from outsiders. And Daniel's like, we didn't mean to. Whoops. Oopsie. Thor then disappears and beams them all, or beams Sam and Daniel into the forest again. No Garwin, though. And Sam and Daniel then just head off. They look around like, hmm, wonder where she went. Yeah. Okay. Shrug. Back in the cave hidey hole. Everyone is hiding, as one does in a hidey hole. (laughs) And Sam and Daniel come in. Jack tells them that it's good timing, and Sam asks how many are out there. They just came in the only entrance, though, so how did they not see them as they were coming in to be able to count for herself? And also, why did all of the Jaffa or Gua'uld or whoever's out there let them in in the first place? So that also made no sense to me. But anyway, Tilk tells them that they're outnumbered 20 to 1. And Jack says that he notices that Daniel does not, in fact, have any kind of weapon. He's got uh, some empty hands there. And Daniel's like, yeah, yeah, no weapons. And Sam's like, but we got to meet the real Thor, so that was cool. Jack, however, is not impressed with this news. Suddenly the cave is hit by some sort of weapon. So SG-1 goes out to fight. And the Jaffa yell to them, saying that if the intruders, SG-1, of course, surrender, then the locals will be allowed to live. But if SG-1 fights, then all of the locals are going to be killed. Sam points out that they don't have enough weapons to give around to all of the locals to mount a good defense here. And Teal'c says that they really will follow through on this threat and kill everybody, including all of the women and children. Daniel points out that it is all of their fault and they can't let this happen. So Jack agrees and raises his gun and surrender. The rest of SG-1 surrenders as well. It's all over. Yep, the end. 
Yeah. This has been a fun <laughs> podcast. Uh, nice knowing yeah. y'all. Goodbye. <laughs> yes. Just I guess kidding. on to Atlantis. <laughs> yes. Oh, we're not. Right oh, on. we're not done. Okay. Just kidding, because there's more walking in our future. Oh. In fact, okay, right, right now. Yeah. The team, surrounded by their Jaffa capturers, are walking. Walking. Mm-hmm. Daniel says it's a good it's day, a good to, day die. to die. Quoting the Sioux, <laughs> he says. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, I said, but Daniel said it was the Sioux. He I did. thought Worf. So yeah. Jack gives him a whack for that. <laughs> Then we hear some thunder, and everyone stops to look around. Daniel spots a dark cloud over the pyramids and a big ship, a.k.a. Thor's chariot, which is what Daniel says. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tilk says he's heard of Asgard motherships in legend, but now he's seen one for real. (laughs) Ha ha ha. And then all of the Jaffa... And their entire pyramids are sucked up into their the Asgard beam. Are they sucked up or vaporized? I, I don't that they know. Were just, they, I just thought that they were they were disappeared because I didn't know what was happening. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I mean, we've only seen that thing transport yeah. people. Don't know if it also destroys. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're all in an escape room. <laughs> <Could be. laughs> Watch out, the floor is lava in there. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Harrower, who is at the stargate <laughs> so convenient so convenient and, and it was open <laughs> yeah and he he gets the hell out of there i like he was just kind of like slowly he's just like looking on and just he's like nah and then just waltzes yeah. through he's like i'm gonna yeah. go this way yeah <laughs> casually waltzes through the stargate while he's watching the chaos happen down below <laughs> that was ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> The team, now alone on the planet, kind of look around, and then Garwin is zapped down, smiling. She says, the Ettins are gone, and that Thor sends his thanks. And Daniel's like, we got thanks, lucky. Thanks for letting <laughs> half my people die? Yeah. <laughs> with your with your destruction yeah. of my safeguards? Yes. You know, my you're Asgard welcome. Safeguards? Yeah. <laughs> Daniel says they got lucky. <laughs> Which, yeah, they yeah. did, because yeah. in, in that ship is a literal god machine if yes. we're talking about deus ex machina yeah so <laughs> just, anyway <sighs> good times garen passes on a message from thor she says thor's species has visited earth often and that the asgard are friend to all and protector to all i'm very protective of the humans because they're so helpless and ridiculous i'll accept the gold with whom they are at war so that's unlucky for the gold. Yeah. I lucky for all other people. <laughs> Everything else. <Yay>. Yeah. <laughs> Except they're not protector to all because you have never seen them before this, and we've definitely seen the gold uh go to town on some other planets. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Jack would like to meet them, and Garwin says they are still too young. She says that they're going to rebuild Samaria and at the Asgard are gonna leave her teacher behind to help them. And Tilk says Samaria is safe again. And Garwin says there's going to be a new hammer that will mil- make an exception just for Tilk, yep. who is welcome anytime. And then they just watch as the ship hovers in the clouds and it ends abruptly at that point. Yep. <laughs> just... Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Episode over. <laughs> Episode over. <Yeah. laughs> Kathy, did you like this episode? I actually 
really did a lot. Like yeah. I, it, I don't know. I had fun action, and I enjoyed you know the escape room and the puzzling. And <laughs> it was entertaining. Yeah. There were obviously, I feel like, some problems with filler dialogue. Yes, and... that's common to like yeah. every episode, though. <laughs> True. Uh, it's just, it felt particularly noticeable to me. I'm like, yeah. are we just saying the same thing again? <laughs> <laughs> Some episodes, it for sure does seem worse than others, yeah. yeah. And we get to we get to see cool new aliens who seem like maybe they'll be friend to humans at some point. Maybe. Maybe we'll see them again. Yeah. Uh. I did enjoy the episode, also, for the most part. It still annoyed me that, like, obviously it was so predictable that the gold were going to come back after Thor's hammer was yeah. destroyed. <laughs> so that, that part annoyed me, but you know, I, I can actually look past my annoyances as I'm watching things and enjoy them despite those annoyances. So I did like this episode. I thought that, you know, there was some fun and silly stuff. It was a weird episode, but I did find it very entertaining. I think that's everything I have to say about it. I thought yeah. it was good. It was, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yep. Good times. Yeah. Had fun talking about it. Absolutely. I think Norse mythology is cool. Makes me think of Chris Hemsworth and yeah. uh, the Ragnarok movie, and that's always amusing too. Yes, because <laughs> you know Jeff Goldblum is great in that movie, <laughs> and I love him because yeah. he's also in my favorite movie of all time. Gee, what's that? <laughs> I've sure never I mentioned know. it before on this podcast. Is it the I'm, fly? It is. <laughs> yep, it's the fly. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> Yay. Yay. Yeah. So what's next? What's up next? We have Stargate SG-1 Season 2 Episode 7, Message in a Bottle. The team finds an orb that sends out electromagnetic signals. They are intrigued by its power source, which seems to have lasted for millennia. Wow. Yeah. It's quite a power source. TBH, I remember nothing about this episode. I don't either. A lot of these, though, I don't remember based on the description. And then when I'm actually watching them, I'm like, oh, right, this one. That's true. Yeah. So we'll see, I guess. We will see. We will. As always, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, make sure that you subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice so that you'll get our next episode as soon as it is released. And you can also find us on YouTube. Reviews and likes are greatly appreciated because it helps others to find the podcast and word of mouth is also great to help new people find our show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter or message us on there. We are at stargatesing. And if you're feeling generous, you can become one of our donors at patreon.com slash stargatesing, where you get early access to episodes and bonus episodes and hopefully some other cool stuff coming up soon, too. And, of course, you can find our website at stargatesing.space. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargatesing. The very young do not always do as they are told. The very young do not always do as they're told. I'm going to go eat a thing. Okay. I'm going to go probably eat a thing at some point. Yummy. Yeah. Like eating things. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to eat, but anyway, that's not anybody's problem, either. but my own. <laughs> I'll probably go eat some cheese or stuff with cheese on it or both a piece of cheese and then something with cheese on it. Do not have cheese. Oh, that's sad. I just got groceries today, so I've got all kinds of cheese. Nice.